This is my favorite magic trick with my mom's favorite glasses. This is my favorite cake. These are my favorite tonsils. This is my favorite fish fluffy. This is my favorite spider, Tickles the Tarantula. Wake up, Fluffy. Where's my spider? <laughs> you can have some when I'm done. This is my grandpa's favorite keychain. Blink if you can hear me. Please wake up! Today I found my favorite new con. This is my favorite ant farm. This is my favorite puppet collie. This is my favorite hat. Sombrero. What? Casalia. This is my favorite wrestling move. Sleeperhead. Sleeperhead. Oh, I'm Body slam! Look at these guns. This is my favorite toy. My baby brother. I ate it all. I really like the first one who pulls the, the cloth out and the glasses all break, and she looks up like, am I in trouble? You know, and then, oh, I'm not. So that's, that's, that's pretty good right there. And, and those are kids in our church simply talking about some favorite things that they have, and uh, we're talking about favorites now in this message series. Favorite Bible verses, uh, scripture texts, really classic verses of our church. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about uh, the shepherd's psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Last weekend we talked about John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Today we're looking at Jeremiah 29.11 and also the text before and after that. I'll share in a minute more details about that. But I want you to think about how God speaks to us, how we hear God speak. And, I, and my guess is that's why you're in church today. Now, you come certainly because you're supposed to. Uh, someone may have encouraged you to come in your household. Uh, you made us, your car automatically comes here every Sunday morning, I don't know. Uh, but you found your way here today. But my guess is you're here also to hear God speak. But somehow in our time of music and prayer and giving and the message, maybe God might say something to me today. Well, God is and God will. God's intent is to speak to you if you will let him speak. In fact, the verses here you heard read says, you'll find him when you search for me with all my heart, with all your heart. So turn your heart to God and God will talk to you today, especially these amazing words of Jeremiah 29:11. Now, you need to know a little bit about the context of what's being said here. You've heard the words read, but uh, we have a people called Israel, uh, and they had been through a lot in their, in their time of existence. Uh, they certainly had been with Moses uh, as, they, as the Red Sea was parted. They crossed through a, a wandering in the wilderness for many years. There, the law of God was given to them. The commandments of God were given to them. They finally make their way to the promised land. And there, they conquer their enemies. The walls of Jericho come tumbling down. They build Jerusalem, the city of God. Uh, the temple of God there in Jerusalem. 
They become the people of God, and things are going well for a while, but they go downhill. This is often the case with humanity. It goes downhill. They forget God. They lose sight of who they are. In fact, there's an attempt that God gives early on that's very clear, and that is, you'll be my people and I will be your God. The whole story of God in this world is that story. Notice that life will go well or we'll enjoy life or we'll be blessed. It will be that you'll be my people and I'll be your God. That's the intent of God. They forget that, they lose that, and they are lost because of it. In fact, they find themselves there uh, surrounded by enemies. The Babylonian armies surround the city of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem surrenders. They give up. They can't fight anymore. And there during that season, Jerusalem is destroyed. So is the temple of God destroyed. And many folks are carried into a way into what we call captivity in Babylon. That's when these words were, uh, being, were prophesied, were spoken originally. During a season of captivity, of very great, great, deep, dark difficulty. They lost all they had. And now they're in a foreign land ruled by a foreign king, Nebuchadnezzar, with foreign gods all around them, and life has become the pits for them. And these words are spoken to them in that season. Now, I don't know what season you're in, where you have all kinds of times in life we travel through. Uh, Each one of us has concerns of our life, certainly we do. Some of you may be health concerned. Uh, I'm not going to ask how many to raise your hand if that's you, but if statistics prove anything, that's a large percentage of our church family have health concerns. Or you have a loved one close to you who does, and that's the same thing. Uh, Many people have financial concerns, relationship concerns. Uh, uh, They have concerns about the world we live in. We always worry about the world we live in. We always wonder what's going on when we turn the news on. It's always frightening to turn the news on today, which is now on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so we get scared anytime we want to by turning it on. That's the world that we live in. So I don't know what your situation is. Some of, it, some of it we have in common. Some of it's unique to you. Here's what God said to them. Here's what God says to you. Jeremiah 29, 11. I'm going to read it. I'm going to ask you to read it out loud with me together. For I know the plans... I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. They hear that when they're in captivity in Babylon, hundreds of miles from their home in Jerusalem. It seems they've lost everything they have. Every promise of God has fallen short. Their world's falling apart. It could be no worse, and that's what God tells them. It's the word he gets. You may be in that situation. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Not only a word that God gives to them in the biblical truth, but also it's his word to you right now. It is a direct word of God to your circumstance, to your life, to your situation, to wherever you happen to be. It's a direct word to you. Hear God speak today if you will listen. Goes on to say in the text again, you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart and I'll be found by you, says the Lord. That's how the Jeremiah text reads. He says, this is what the Lord declares to you. I have plans for you. And here are my plans, not to hurt you or harm you. I want you to be my people. I want to be your God, the intent of God. And there are the words hope and a future 
or tie together with that idea. That's God speaking today. Now, what are we to do? How to respond? I, was, uh, I, I received here a few days ago a video that I thought, now I like what this young man says. It's a football game. Uh, you might have seen it, some might not have. It's kind of gone viral. It's around the country now. A young man named Apollo, Georgetown, Texas, playing in a foot, at the end of a football game. Uh, he's interviewed by someone. Uh, just about a week and a half ago, this game was played. I want to show you what he says. Hey, Joaquin, I'm out here with Apollos Hester, wide receiver for the Patriots. You guys had one heck of a game tonight. Uh, how'd it go? I mean, it was going a little back and forth. You guys knew it was going to be a tough dogfight out there, and it was. So what were you guys able to do to come back and win this thing? All right, well, at first we started slow. We started real slow. And, you know, that's all right. That's okay, because sometimes in life you're going to start slow. That's okay. We, we, we told ourselves, hey, we're going to start slow. We're going to keep going fast. We're going to start slow, but we're always, always going to finish fast. No matter what the score was, we're going to finish hard. We're going to finish fast. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. They had us. We weren't defeated, but they had us. But it took guts. It took an attitude. That's all it takes. That's all it takes to be successful is an attitude. And that's what our coach told us. He said, he said, hey, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You're going to go out there. You're going to battle. You're going to fight. You're going to do it for one. You're going to do it for one another. Do it for each other. You're going to do it for yourself. You're going to do it for us. And you're going to go out with this win. And we believe that. We truly did. And it's, it's an awesome feeling. It's an awesome feeling when you truly believe that you're going to be successful. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the scoreboard, you're going to be successful because you put in all the time, all the effort, all the hard work, and you know that it's going to pay off. And if it doesn't pay off, you continue to give God the glory. If you still lose the game, you continue to get each other's back. And, that, and that's what we realized. Regard, when or lose, we realized that we were going to be all right. It was going to be okay. We're going we're gonna to keep smiling. It was awesome. Awesome. Paul's always got a smile on his face. Talk about awesome. attitude. This guy's got attitude, awesome. if you guys can't tell. Uh, we met earlier this week, and uh, this was the enthusiasm I saw. Yes, ma'am. Hey, you can do anything you put your mind to. Never give up on your dreams. Keep smiling. No matter what you're going through, if you fall down, just get up. If you can't get up, your friends are there to help you up. Your mom is there. Your daddy's there. God's there. Hey, I'm there to help you up. You're there. It's going to be all right. Just keep smiling, ma'am. Man, along with all the football highlights you guys have gotten tonight, some motivational speaking courtesy of Apollo Sester. Man, great game tonight, buddy. Yes, so. Yes, ma'am. Thank happy you. Happy for you guys. You. Uh, this guy with one touchdown and a whole lot of right. sass coming out here. For the Eastview Patriots, all right, guys, we'll send it back to you. Any coaches want him? Any coaches want him on your team? I'm sure if you do. Uh, the word is awesome. Did you hear the word awesome? Can you say the word awesome? Okay, as he approaches life, and I know it's a football game, but it does apply to our own journey. What, what we're talking about today, you know, can we can we do that? And and what is faith? And and how do we have that kind of attitude? And how does awesome direct our life? And how do we grab the promise? God, I've got plans for you. Not to say God has plans and how God has plans for me to prosper me, not to hurt me, but to help me, to give me a hope and a future. It's a personal thing. Pretty personal for him. It's really personal for Jeremiah's people, they're personal for you and me today if we receive them as such. There are five things I want to share with you that come from this text and, and the message today that I hope will be helpful to you. They are to me. And I begin with number one. We may forget a promise, but God never does. They had forgotten God's promises. I love the Bible verse where it says, when we are faithless, God is faithful still. He cannot deny himself because God is still God. No matter what we do, say, how we fail or succeed, our attitude, good or bad, God is still God. That's not going to change, and God's going to keep his promises to you and to me. 
I want to share two uh, illustrations that may help you with that one. Uh, one is that uh, I didn't really begin praying seriously until I was 20 years old. I didn't understand prayer or faith, and I, I actually became a Christian at that time, turned my heart to Christ, even though I grew up in the church. I really didn't have a personal walk with God until I was 20 years old, as many of you know. And I began to pray in those, that season, prayed a lot. I can't remember most of those prayers. Uh, no, I did pray, uh, and I pray still. But I am convinced that today, right now, God is answering prayers I prayed 40 years ago. I don't even remember. Because God never forgets his promises that were made during that season. That season maybe of tears or difficulty or looking for direction or seeking forgiveness or, or simply asking for help in our life or provisions for us, whatever it might have been. In that time of prayer uh, that we were so serious about that and God responded with a promise, he's still keeping those promises even today. Even though I might have forgotten what was going on during that time. Or I got past that. If things are okay today, I don't need to do that anymore. God is still answering those prayers. So, so prayers you prayed a long time ago, God's answering now. And prayers you're praying today, he'll answer into the future. He doesn't forget his promises he makes in that season. In that time, he forgives you your sin. Or that time, he helps you through a difficulty. That time, he simply gets you through a night of depression. Or the time, he gets you through a brokenness in your life. God's still answering those prayers even now. And that's the beauty of how God works for us. You're going to be my people. I'm going to be your God. That's the intent of God given also in Jeremiah and Exodus and, and, and throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament as well. So hear that. I know that my, my parents, I was raised in a Christian home, even though it wasn't personal for me until I was 20. I had to grow up in church. My mom and dad took us faithfully. And my brother and I, identical twin, if you're a guest here, you may not know that. We were baptized about two weeks old. Uh, in a small church in San Angelo, Texas, and there my parents took us up there and they dedicated us, had us baptized, and, and uh, set us apart, you know, uh, for God in the way that they would do that and still do that today. And, and God never forgot that. God remembered that. Uh, I, I don't remember it. Uh, you know, I was there, but I wasn't very cognizant about what was going on. Uh, but God remembers the prayers prayed around me in that time. Mom and dad praying, and the, the pastor praying, and the small church there praying for these two. It was a big deal to have twins baptized in that small church there back in 19, yes, 53, when that happened. But when I hear that, I realize God, ever, God keeps, he's still keeping those promises. That's what faith is, believing that about God. Because faith is how much do we believe in God, not much how much faith do I have. The more I know who God is, the more my faith is what it needs to be. And I approach my life. We may forget a promise, but God never does. I'm so grateful for that. Number two here. Hope grows best in seasons of despair that drive us to God. These are all from the Jeremiah uh, text, as well as the situation of Israel in those days and probably our life as well. Uh, when things are going well, we often think we don't need God, and so we don't pay much attention to God many times. We have a tendency to exhaust all our own resources we have control over before we go to God. We want, our, we want to go there and there and there and there, manage that, manage this, dictate the outcome, make our future the way we want it to be, provide for the future the way we want it, looking for certainty and security and all these things we struggle to find that we can't, but we think we can. Until those are exhausted, we often don't go to God with a really deep heart-searching way. That's why Jeremiah says, then, then you will find me when you search for me with all your heart, and I'll be found by you, says the Lord. In other words, you're going to be my people, and I'm going to be your God if it kills you. 
as they sit in captivity there in the land of Babylon, far, far, far from home. I'm going to make sure you belong to me, whatever it takes, I'm going, because that's my promise to you. My promise is you'll belong to me and I'll be your God. That's the intent and will of God when he comes into our world in Christ. I mean, creation in the first place. So hear that. Seek me and find me when you do, when you, when you do and search me all your heart. I'll be found by you, says the Lord. While we often are looking for a good, comfortable, easy life, God's looking for us. While we're looking for security, God's looking to own our hearts. That's what God's about. And we want to be on the same page with God. That's what God's drawing the people to, and you and me too as well in this service, to be on the same page with him. We got the page over here we keep working on, and God says, you're on the wrong page, folks. Let's get over here on the right page, which is, you'll be my people and I'll be your God. And I promise you, that's what I'm going to work on always, everywhere, into the future. And I'll be found by you when you do that. That's second thought. Third thought. Heart change is often God's intent and his plans for us. Now I'm, going to, I'm going to say as clear as I can, these losers, which, which is what they were, find their way into captivity and they come back winners. They come back because they change in captivity. They've forgotten God in their own land. Things were going really well for a period of time. They'd lost sight of God. They worshiped the Canaanite gods. They began to abandon the law that God had given them. They had lost sight of who they were as a people of God. And so off they go into captivity. And they're in captivity. They'll remember, oh, we know who we are. We're not Babylonians. We're, we're people of God. We're people of Israel. We're people of the promise. That's who we are. We're people of the Word. As I looked at the Word of it, began focusing on, on the biblical faith that was theirs back in those days. This is ours. And it changed who they were. And when they came back from captivity, they came back as the people of God. And it changed them because their hearts were changed. They, they built around the idea of God's intent to save them, to build a walk with them, and to build a people of faith who could be his people in the world. And that's what God wants to do for you and me too. That's what God's still doing and will always be doing. That's the intent and plan and purpose of God, as I already said in this service. Well, number four, faith makes the future your friend. Uh, I think Americans may do this more than anybody else in the world, having traveled the world in places of great poverty as well, uh, other parts of the world where there's not, Christianity is not there, not prevalent. Uh, I discover and I see that Americans want to make the future certain for themselves. We want security by doing that. We want to figure out a way to make sure we have every insurance policy that covers every possible outcome that can happen in the future. Make sure we have money set aside for the future. Good to do. I'm not criticizing those things. But we do the, make sure we go to the doctor, have our health uh, test to come back good. And we, and we want to make sure the future is certain and secure so we can have peace today. If I can make that secure tomorrow, I'll have peace now and I'll be okay. Now, how many know that can never happen? How many know that's just possible? But we keep trying. And so Americans are afraid of the future. We're afraid of tomorrow. For some reason, we romanticize the past. Remember the good old days that weren't so good. They seemed, seemed like that, but at least we knew what was going on then, we think. We know we, there's, we have a reality. We can examine them. There, we have pictures. Look at the pictures. 
We can do that. It's, and so we do that. We keep going back there, and that's just crazy. Because faith's about the future. And the Christian is about the future. The follower of Christ is about what's coming and what God is doing and what is happening. The future is about that for you and me. How we must, how we must grab hold of that. And when I have that faith in who God is, faith in the future, it becomes my friend. God's will, God's plan, God's purpose, God's love. God is my God and I am his son or daughter. In that relationship there and the beauty of that, there I discover, okay, now I have peace. That's what faith is. It's faith in God, not faith that I can control tomorrow. So faith makes the future your friend. And too many Americans, the future is their enemy. They are scared to death of tomorrow. They're worried it's always gonna, it's gonna fall apart the next day. It's all gonna, I'm gonna, it's all gonna come tumbling down. I'm gonna lose everything that I have. Nothing else, I'm gonna lose myself. And that's not faith. Faith is trusting God. Faith is believing in God. And it makes the future my friend, where I say, the future is a good place. Why? The verse that we read today, 29:11 of Jeremiah. I have plans for you to prosper you, not to harm you. I want to give you a hope and a future. I want to be your God. I want you to be my child. Do you want the same thing? We say, yes, we do. Yes, we do. That's why we're in church this morning, because we want that. Well, number five, the fifth thing here is nothing plus hope equals everything. Everything without hope equals nothing. And I could tell you so many stories this stage of my life of people who've had seemingly everything Everything that Americans want. They had the money, the fame, uh, they had uh, the possessions, they had everything, but they had no hope. They had no hope, and in that lack of hope, you watch them wither and die within. Sometimes a public figure, sometimes someone you know. Maybe some of you here today is on the edge of that idea. I've got so much, why do I feel so hopeless? Everything I ever wanted, but somehow it's still not enough. I achieved this, got that, appropriated that, you know, got this place. It's still not any good. What's the matter with me? As we walk around in despair and hopelessness. Yet there are others who seem like they have nothing. They've got all the things we're supposed to have. They don't have any of it, but they have hope. And this hope moves them in tomorrow in peace and joy and the fullness of life. That's why the verse is so important and why in, in 1 Corinthians 13, the greatest, it talks about faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love, but don't forget how important hope and faith is and what God wants for you and me. So hope. Where do we find hope? Where do we discover that hope? I'm going to show you the video again. It's the one you just saw with Apollo. And as you watch the video, I want you to think about the verses that we have read today, uh, that Debbie read. Uh, the one verse that we read together. And we think about it in a personal way. God has plans for me to prosper me, to give me hope and a future. He wants to be my God. He wants me to belong to him. And how that changes our world and how we understand it. I want you to think about that. I want you to think of your situation, whatever it might be. Wherever you are right now, think about the world we're in. And hear these words from that perspective. I'm going to show the video again. 
Hey, Joaquin, I'm out here with Apollos Hester, wide receiver for the Patriots. You guys had one heck of a game tonight. Uh, how'd it go? I mean, it was going a little back and forth. You guys knew it was going to be a tough dogfight out there, and it was. So what were you guys able to do to come back and win this thing? All right, well, at first we started slow. We started real slow. And, you know, that's all right. That's okay, because sometimes in life you're going to start slow. That's okay. We, we, we told ourselves, hey, we're going to start slow. We're going to keep going fast. We're going to start slow, but we're always, always going to finish fast. No matter what the score was, we're going to finish hard. We're going to finish fast. Yeah, they had us the first half. I'm not going to lie. They had us. We weren't defeated, but they had us. But it took guts. It took an attitude. That's all it takes. That's all it takes to be successful is an attitude. And that's what our coach told us. He said, he said, hey, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. You're going to go out there. You're going to battle. You're going to fight. You're going to do it for one. You're going to do it for one another. Do it for each other. You're going to do it for yourself. You're going to do it for us. And you're going to go out with this win. And we believe that. We truly did. And it's, it's an awesome feeling. It's an awesome feeling when you truly believe that you're going to be successful. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the scoreboard, you're going to be successful because you put in all the time, all the effort, all the hard work, and you know that it's going to pay off. And if it doesn't pay off, you continue to give God the glory. If you still lose the game, you continue to get each other's back. And, that, and that's what we realized. Regard, win or lose, we realized that we were going to be all right. It was going to be okay. We're going we're gonna to keep smiling. It was awesome. Awesome. Paul's always got a smile on his face. Talk about awesome. attitude. This guy's got attitude, awesome. if you guys can't tell. Uh, we met earlier this week, and uh, this was the enthusiasm I saw. It's mindset. Yes, ma'am. Hey, you can do anything you put your mind to. Never give up on your dreams. Keep smiling. No matter what you're going through, if you fall down, just get up. If you can't get up, your friends are there to help you up. Your mama's there. Your daddy's there. God's there. Hey, I'm there to help you up. You're there. It's going to be all right. Just keep smiling, ma'am. Man, along with all the football highlights you guys have gotten tonight, some motivational speaking courtesy of Apollo Sester. Man, great game tonight, buddy. Yes, so. Yes, ma'am. Thank happy you. Happy for you guys. You. Uh, this guy with one touchdown and a whole lot of right. sass coming out here. For the Eastview Patriots. All right, guys, we'll send it back to you. And he's still talking when they take the camera off of him, you know. So now, as you hear him proclaim uh, his life that way, and I like how he kind of ends with that, saying, "Your mom is there, and your daddy's there, and God is there," and you know, off he goes. So, uh, and that's how life can be and should be for us as people of faith. Now, I want to finish the story of Jeremiah a little bit. Uh, I've already kind of got to how they got to where they were. 70 years in captivity. There were tens of thousands at least, maybe hundreds of thousands who were taken into captivity in Babylon. They were there for 70 years with a promise. You'll return one day. You'll come back. Don't worry about it. Uh, hang in there. Uh, keep on. Don't give up. You know, there's a better second half than the first half. A little bit of, on the take of the video today as they find their way there. But when it comes time to return, uh, they're led from captivity back to Jerusalem hundreds of miles across the desert by a man named Nehemiah and also Ezra, who was a priest, a, a prophet, and Nehemiah, who was more of a political, a godly leader who led them uh, to return. And they were asked, how many want to go back? How many will go back with us? A handful said yes. A handful said, I want to go. You know, you're talking to me because I know the plans God has for me. He has plans for hope and, and a future, and, and I'm going to go. I'm not staying here. So a handful made the journey back, rebuilt the, the temple, rebuilt the walls around Jerusalem, rebuilt the nation once again. And that was a nation 500 years later that Jesus was born into to die for the sins of the world, to see how it all connects together. I know plans that are a lot bigger than you, but the plans I have for you too are for future and hope. As you hear that word, again, I go back to the very beginning of the message today. We're all in different situations of life. 
Uh, but in this place, God has a word for you today, a word that, that I want you to take home with you. I want you to leave it here in the message. Wonder what text, where Jeremiah was that? Or, you know, I like the video, but so I want you to read it with me one more time. Jeremiah 29, 11, and that's the, the favorite for today. Read out loud, please. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, thank you for the word from heaven you give us here on this earth today. For the amazing promise, God, you offer us in Christ and our chance to receive that word through the words of Jeremiah. God, you know our circumstance, you know our bet, you know who we are. And I pray, God, you bless us today. May you take hopelessness and fill it with hope. May you take fear, God, and give us peace. May you take anxiety and give us courage. May you take seasons of despair and turn to seasons of joy and abundance and facing our life as men and women of faith. Make us, O God, by our faith placed in you today and our prayer prayed in Jesus' name. Amen.